Hey friends, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. It was so nice to take a little break, but I am so, so glad to be back. And today we are talking all about the Enneagram. I've honestly been dying to discuss this for quite some time, and there is no other person that I would rather you hear from than a leader in the industry, the Enneagram coach herself and author of Becoming Us, Beth McCord. So not only did I feel like Jesse and I should ask Beth for marriage counseling after having this conversation, because she knew specifics to key arguments in our marriage based on our Enneagram numbers, but also because she simplifies the deep truths of the Enneagram from a biblical perspective. So on this episode, we are discussing how using the Enneagram can help create a thriving gospel-centered marriage and healthy friendships, as well as the one thing to know about the Enneagram numbers in order to love our friends, family, and spouses well. So I cannot wait. Let's jump in. We were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and crazy, but when we do life together, it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I also love sharing all the secrets about things that have worked for me so that they can help you. On Living Easy, I really like to dig deep. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insight and practical tips about things like time management, building a brand, traveling, strengthening your faith in your marriage, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay, and today I am here with Beth McCord. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay, me too. This is my first podcast about the Enneagram, and I've literally been dying (laughs) to record about it because it has massively transformed my life and my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I know that you recently wrote a book about the Enneagram and a gospel-centered marriage called Becoming Us. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So when we're thinking about writing our first book in the Enneagram, there was a lot of really great beginner books out there, but there really wasn't anything substantial about marriage. Mm. And Jeff and I's marriage has been radically changed by the Enneagram from a gospel-centered approach. And so we just realized, you know what, I think this is what's missing in the marketplace that could really help people. Yeah. And the reason is, is because the book title really is true. It's about becoming us, um, our marriage. But it's also to help you all become your best selves, closer to God and to each other. And so What happened was in 2001, I was about 25, 26 years old, already had two kids, married for five to six years. And I was at that stage of life where I just kind of wanted to pull my hair out. Mm, (laughs) I don't know if anyone else feels that way sometimes. (laughs) But, you know, you're changing diapers, you're chasing your kids around, you're trying to grow in your relationship with God and to your spouse, but it just sometimes feels like you're walking in wet cement Mm -hmm. and you're just stuck all the time. And I just couldn't figure it out. And so it was about that stage where we had some friends that were struggling too, and their counselor gave them a book on the Enneagram, and they passed it on to us. And my husband was in seminary at the time, so he kind of skimmed it, uh, but he had lots of other things to do, obviously. (laughs) Um, And so I started reading it, and I just devoured it. Um, I found that I was a type nine. And so the thing about nines is part of our struggle, which is our core weakness, is not knowing ourselves very well. Okay. 
And because we're going along to get along to create peace and harmony, that's what we really strive for. And we don't want conflict or tension. So we'll lose ourselves, our desires, passions, abilities to go along to get along. Well, I mean, as we all know, you avoid conflict can actually bring conflict. But in our mind, that's not how it goes. You know, Um, we'll just keep merging with others. But what happens in that process, even as a little kid all the way to growing up and doing that, is you lose your sense of self. You don't know yourself. And so if someone were to ask me a question like my husband, why are you feeling this way? Or what is going on? Or what do you want? I just would be like a deer in headlights going, I don't know. And I'm sure for him it's frustrating because it's like, how do you not know? And But it's like a fog inside. But seeing the Enneagram, reading about why I think, feel, and behave in particular ways, and like nodding really intensely, like, yes, finally someone put language to my Mm -hmm. inner being, I was able to then clarify for him what was going on and what I needed, uh, how he could support me. Um, And then, of course, when we found his type, that helped us too. But that's a whole nother story. But um, it just brought so much clarity. And so what I just started using it kind of quietly. That's a typical nine thing like, oh, I'll just hide in the background. Um, <laughs> but I think you really saw some significant change in me and us. And so over the years, he started becoming more interested. Once we both figured out our real types, it really enhanced our relationship, our understanding, mm. our communication, empathy, mercy, forgiveness, love. And it just transformed in how we talked with one another, how we came alongside one another versus at each other. And so we really felt with him being a pastor for 20 years in the ministry, um, us working with couples and doing this oh, time after time and seeing transformation, we were like, we've got to share with others in a book Mm. how it has worked for us and how it's worked for others that we've worked with so that they can also experience this amazing transformational process. Yeah. Wow. That is really awesome. Because I've read, like you said, I've read the basic kind of like beginner books about it, but I love not only that you're focusing specifically on marriage, but also that you have a tie to the gospel because Mm. I, as I've read through it, okay, let me just tell a little bit of my backstory. So I consider myself to be very self-aware. I know Mm -hmm. When I am acting out, I know when I'm, I feel crazy. I know when I am being super sinful and prideful. And I think most people do, but I'm very hard on myself. Mm. And so as I took the Enneagram, I was in the car. We were on a road trip from Austin and my husband and I were like, oh, everyone's talking about this. It would be fun. And so I did. And I'm a three. I am a hard three. And I cried when I read it because I hated the description, honestly. I knew I was very aware that it described me perfectly. There is no doubt in my mind that I'm a three. But I retook it like six times because I wanted it to be wrong. I was like, please be wrong. so common. So common. Actually, is it when you find your type, if you're not really uncomfortable – it's probably not your type because, mm. you know, it's going to show your healthiest attributes, which is great. But it it's a non-judgmental friend that says it like it is from mm-hmm. healthy all the way to unhealthy. And usually as us humans, we gravitate towards the unhealthy and we kind of don't even see the positive. And so when right. you're reading the types and 
when it's yours, all that stands out is this negative. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so real and so accurate. You feel this overwhelming sense of shame and embarrassment and, you know, self-condemnation. And that's where for us, our mission statement at your Enneagram coach is that people will use the Enneagram to have astonishing clarity so that they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by Mm. knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Mm, So our whole point in everything that we do is to help people to, yes, see their simple patterns and the things that trip them up, but not to heap on that shame and that Mm self-condemnation to feel horrible because that's already been taken care of by Christ. Yes. He ha- is, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. He came knowing you were a sinner. He wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can come with vulnerability and honesty to those less healthy patterns, claim them, own them, and ask for forgiveness, but freely live as his most beloved child, knowing that we're absolutely cherished and completely taken care of. And that is the whole point that we're trying to do at Your Enneagram Coach, because it's there that real transformation happens. It's not by putting ourselves down, flogging ourselves internally, um, you know, or putting others down. That never brings transformation. That's called the law. Right. It is the grace of Christ that transforms us. Amen. And I want to backtrack a little bit. For new people who aren't accustomed to it, can you explain a little bit about what it is and why it's a good thing for a marriage and for self-awareness? Yeah. So the Enneagram, it is a personality map, a transformational process. Really, if you boil it all down, think of it as your internal GPS. Mm. It's going to help you to know why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. And the reason why that's super helpful is it's going to help you to understand when you're veering off your best path, veering off course, landing to that same common pitfall, and how to get back onto your best path. So think of your main type as your current location. And then each type has a healthiest destination, becoming more like Christ in how he designed us. But we often veer off course. We're distracted. We're on autopilot. We're wandering in our mind and our heart from what God's truth is. Mm. Um, and then we get stuck and we're like, what? Why did this happen again? Am I not learning? Am I not growing? How do I get out of this? The Enneagram is going to clearly show you why that happened, but how to get back on track. Now, here's the thing. Use the Enneagram and all these insights like a rumble strip that's on the highway. Hmm. So as you're driving down the highway and you get distracted, (laughs) you start veering off course and you know that. Yes. And you're like, oh, goodness gracious. I'm so glad that rumble strip is there because I know I would have just careened off I have never known what that was called. So thanks for teaching me that. (laughs) I actually had to look it up when I had the the, uh, epiphany. I was like, well, what do we call that thing? So, um, But it's such a great reminder of what's really happening. So you have to understand yourself well enough, have self-awareness and Mm. self observation, not to navel gaze, but to be aware enough that, oh, wait, I'm thinking these thought patterns right now, or I'm feeling this, or I'm behaving this way. And I know that if I keep doing that, I'm going to land at that same common pitfall that I do time and time again. Now, when I was, you know, like maybe 10 years into our marriage, and I'd been studying the Enneagram for about four years, as a pastor's wife, I was really getting hard on myself because we would get in the same arguments and fights. And I thought, is there any sanctification happening in my life? Mm. But that's when the Holy Spirit said, Beth, when you are your healthiest as a type nine, you will look like this. And because all the materials show you, oh, yeah, that's so true. 
But when you are wandering in your mind and your heart away from what's true, you will act out in these ways or these things will be happening. And so I really felt like he said, this is a gentle, gracious, loving reminder to you, not so that you beat yourself up, but so that you are aware, you are alerted to come back to me. And Mm. that's how I really use it. Yeah, that's so good. It was a hard realization for me because once I stepped back and I said, I am not defined by the Enneagram. I am defined Mm -hmm. by the gospel and by the grace of Christ. However, I am able to see in kind of like an inside version of who I am and maybe why I do what I do and why I act out. And some of the things that came out were really hard for me to read. And as I read it to my husband, we had learned a little bit about like the negative aspects of unhealthy and working toward the healthy. And it was just an encouragement to me as time went on to look at it and say, okay, there's a reason that I'm so intrigued by this. There's a reason that the areas that need work are so painful. And it's because a lot of it really is sin. I need to continue pointing back to Jesus. I need to continue looking to Christ and to eternity and not at myself. And I think that can be the danger with the Enneagram. Correct me if I'm wrong, Beth, but I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be twisted a little bit to say, this is who I am. I'm stuck in my behavior and Mm -hmm. I'm a three. And so deal with me being a crazy achiever or whatever it might be. Yeah. So Yes, a lot of times people misuse the Enneagram completely. And it's one of my big passions to plead Mm. with people to use it correctly. And what I mean by that is, this is the most exposing you or anyone else are going to feel because it is literally like someone's reading your internal diary. Yes. And so when you use this with yourself or with people, you've got to be very careful and gentle. And if you're wanting relationships to enhance, you've got to be mindful of how you use it. So we say, don't use it as a sword or a shield. Mm. You don't want to use the Enneagram to harm, belittle, uh, joke, sarcasm, you know, be blunt or intentionally harm others with it. Like, oh, you're being such a two, you're being such a six, or stop being so afraid, you know, like bringing up their attributes. That will only destroy relationships and really harm the person. Person that you're with. Now, you also don't want to do it to yourself. I mean, Christ came to take away, you know, our sins and put on us his righteousness. Now, we're here on earth and we're always going to struggle with um, certain attributes, but we don't want to use it to flog ourselves. We use it to see what is true, to ask for forgiveness, and to trust on his finished work on our behalf. Mm. So, We also don't want to use it as a shield where we defend or blame shift it onto others. We don't want to, like you said, well, I'm a three, I'm a high achiever. You're just going to have to deal with my workaholism Mm -hmm. or me as a nine. Well, I'm, you know, a sloth sometimes, so I don't know myself. (laughs) Deal with it. You know, we don't want to use it that way. When we're stuck, that is actually what God is calling us to. He's calling us to transformation into becoming more like Christ. Mm. Now, if you think you're going to do that by pulling yourself up by your bootstraps or finding how the Enneagram tells you to be a better person and you're just going to do it, you will fail. Yes. But if you use the Enneagram to help show you where you're stuck and you come under the submission by surrendering and depending on the Holy Spirit to transform you, then you're going to see transformation at an accelerated pace. Mm. So, you know, what I tell people is look at your weaknesses and your sins. Again, own them because you know that you're already safe and secure 
as his most beloved child. Nothing we do can separate us from the love of God. He has taken care of everything. It gives us the freedom, even though it's not fun, it can be super painful to see those weaknesses and struggles. But when we're able to rest completely in his finished work, we can look at them and say, praise be to God that you've given us your righteousness, but you are still transforming us on this side of heaven. And I can trust you. And so you don't sit back in your lazy boy and just say, okay, now do your work, Holy Spirit. Right. We walk in step with the Spirit, but ultimately he is the one that transforms us. And so that is how we want to use the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. It is not to just say, well, I don't think I should be doing that because I'm a such and such type. Mm -hmm. We need to walk in whatever calling God has for us. And I'll be honest, starting a business as a type nine is one of the hardest things (laughs) I could have ever picked. Now, this is probably the air you breathe. Like, oh yeah, goals. Let's go for it. Let's do this. Now, when I'm growing, I will move to the healthy attributes of a type three. I don't become a type three, but I gain some of the attributes. So I daily, as a business owner, have to kind of get behind myself and push and say, this is your calling. This is a good thing. And you actually really love to do it. I know internally you want to just sit and not have any issues or problems or strive really hard because a nine just wants to kind of be calm and Mm -hmm. chill. But I also love it when I move in that healthy direction. It's hard. Growth is hard. Right. But it shows me by trusting him, walking in that growth path, he does so many good things. Even though it's still hard, it's beautiful. And so that's the challenge for each of us is to trust him and how he designed each of us uniquely different. And the growth path that he has for us is good, but hard. Yeah, that's really, really good. I have to go back because as a three, as an achiever, I find that condemnation is just really, really easy for me because yes. failure comes at failure comes with everything. Like if I, if my kids don't eat the right way, I have failed. Mm-hmm. If I don't accomplish a deadline, I have failed. And so, a lot of it comes back to myself. And mm-hmm. again, just going back to that is like it's just looking back at myself when I have to set my sights on eternity and the purpose and to serve and to be on mission. But one thing I love about Instagram pages like your Enneagram coach is that I have found out so much more about the people that I love. It's just been because they share little tidbits of about a four or about mm-hmm. a five or a six that helps me to understand them in a way that I may not have before. And mm-hmm. I feel like honestly, I understand my husband so much more. I understand my sister and my mom so much more. And it just makes sense to me and it helps me to have more compassion toward them and to love them. One thing also that I love about Instagram pages like that is that it seems like people really like to be seen and Mm -hmm. to be known. Like they really want to share their numbers. Why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, because I think, you know, we all, so every type has, you know, the four core motivations that I really try to help people to find their type. It's the core fear, the thing that we're always trying to run away from or prevent from happening. Our core desire, what we're always striving to obtain, like, oh, if I have that, life will be perfect. Then we have a core weakness. This is um, 
our Achilles heel, the thorn on our side on this side of heaven, it's going to constantly remind us that we need Jesus. And then the core longing, the message your heart has always longed to hear. And that core longing is really what we're trying to get. We desire from others to land on our heart. And it could be a spouse, friends, parents, coaches, but then it also can get into careers. It could get into why we go Mm. shopping or eating too much. I mean, all the things that we do to fill ourselves up, to try to get that satisfied. But the greatest thing is that Christ has already satisfied our core longing. And we show that at your Enneagram coach, and it's actually in the book as well, Becoming Us, because that is where transformation starts. When you realize, I have always longed for this particular message, and I've been trying to get it from my husband or my kids or whatever it is that you're doing. Oh, but wow, it has been satisfied. So for you, as a type three, you know, you fear failure, you desire to have worth and value and to be admired. What you long to hear, the core longing is you are love for simply being you. You don't have to achieve anymore. And that would be like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, can I exhale? Mm-hmm. Can I just be? But it doesn't in the personality hardwiring that doesn't fit. It's like, no, you have to keep going, keep going, keep going. Well, the good news is that Christ accomplished things perfectly for you. You Mm -hmm. can now rest in his perfect accomplishments. He was successful. It was finished. And so with that, that allows you to truly exhale, truly be your authentic self, to let go of needing to be something for others to see, knowing Mm -hmm. that, oh my gosh, I can learn to just be my real self. And I'm loved right there. Would that be amazing? Yes. And I think the greatest realization of that has been with my children. I don't ever feel like, obviously, I have to perform for them mm-hmm. and because they're my children and they love me no matter what. And that has been a really sweet example to me of God's love and a reminder to me to shut off. And I actually now in relationships before I have coffee or whatever it might be, I will literally tell myself and also pray and just say, I I do not need to perform. Yes. I don't need to become a chameleon and fit to what I think they want me to be. I can just be Lindsay and I can have peace with that. Yeah. And it's been so freeing. Not that it is not a daily battle it is. because daily, it is. Or, it is a daily battle. Until we die, that core yeah. weakness is a daily trigger. But If we look at it less as a weakness and more as a way to remind us that we need Jesus and he has already accomplished it, it will change how we see it instead of kind of, oh, here we go again, which we're going to feel, but we can also use that opportunity to go, phew, it's been done. It's been accomplished. Yes. And there's rest once again. Yes. I love that. Okay. So I want to dive in for relationships with others. As we jump into the new year and we seek to grow, we seek to be more like Christ and and to love our neighbor, to love our spouse, our sisters, our brothers, our parents better. I I think it's important to know Enneagram numbers and what they need. And so if, if for our listeners, if you haven't taken the Enneagram or if you're somebody close to you hasn't taken the Enneagram, take them. They also have ways that you can see the relationships like a type one with a type three. Or, mm-hmm. But I want you, Beth, to tell us, in your opinion, what is one really important thing that we should all know about each individual number in order to love our spouses, our friends, and our family well? Yeah. So the biggest thing to focus in on, and for those that have been in the Enneagram for a long time, this is so important for every person to recognize is 
it is the core motivations that gets us activated, whether positively mm. or negatively. So we need to focus back in on that. Now, some people might be like, but I want to go deeper. I want to know all the ins and outs. And yeah, those ins and outs are helpful. There's a lot of layers to the Enneagram. It's a very complex system. But when we are going around speaking around the country at our live events called Becoming Us Live, we are getting back to these core motivations because it is absolutely where everything hinges. So think of an infinity loop. You know, it looks like a, uh, the number eight on its side. Yes. That is what we're showing people. We call that the dance. And if you put a line horizontally through it, below the line is our heart condition, what is going on under the surface, right? Um, under the water line, what people can't see. Then above mm-hmm. the line is our behaviors, what people do see, how they uh, respond or how, how, why they would respond to us. Inside that infinity loop on each side are our core motivations. So what is, um, well, I'll just give Jeff and I as an example. I'm a nine and he's a type six. So I fear conflict tension. I just want peace and harmony, but I don't know myself very well because I go along to get along. What I long to hear is my presence matters. So those are my core motivations. Jeff's core motivations, he fears not having guidance, uh, security, and support and being abandoned, but he Hmm. also longs to have security, guidance, and support because his weakness is anxiety where he has an inner committee that's showing him all the different problems, everything that could happen. And so there's a lot of confusion and chaos and self-doubt. So he wants to have something that feels solid, safe, and secure. And that's what he longs to hear is you are safe and secure. So those are the core motivations when you think of the infinity loop. Now, if we go back to my side of the infinity loop, when I recognize that, let's say Jeff feels upset about something or discouraged, uh, there's tension, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to activate my core fear. Even if I'm at my healthiest self, right? And I know that God's got me and everything's just great. I will still be activated because I'm a type nine. That is how it's going to work. Now, let's say there's tension. What's going to happen for me usually is I either start getting quiet. I shut down. My mind starts to get a little foggy because that tension just gets a little too hard. Well, all of a sudden outward, my behavior. So what he'll see is me shutting down or withdrawing. Well, his core fear is being abandoned. He's Mm -hmm. going to be triggered by me because he is going to instantly feel abandoned. Then what happens with that is he starts getting more intense because he's pursuing me to get us back to being okay. Well, his intensity only keeps me going, right? And around and around this dance can go. But when you understand the core motivations, then you can have clarifying questions and clarifying statements. So when he gets intense, like actually the other day, he was talking about stuff about the business and it had nothing to do with me. But Mm. it just had to do with business and life and decisions. And he was feeling very overwhelmed. And there was tension, right? But it had nothing to do with me. But everything inside me was like, stop, let's not do this. This is like, let's just be happy and everything's fine. But I was able to, in my mind, clarify, this is okay. But that was clarifying to me. But a lot of times what would happen is I would think, did I do something wrong? So I can ask clarifying questions like, hey, I'm feeling really kind of, so like if we had a real argument and it was at me, I could say, hey, I know that you're upset right now. It's totally understandable, but I feel that I need to shut down or go away because this feels so big and so overwhelming and sad to me, Mm -hmm. but I'm for you. I'm for us. 
can you give me some space and some time to go away to process my thoughts and feelings so I can come back with something more substantial so that I can actually talk instead of feeling like there's a fog inside. Then he's like, oh, you're for us. You're for me. It's not that you're abandoning me. And in fact, you're doing the opposite. And so giving those clarifications is so helpful. Or if he sees me shutting down, he can now ask clarifying statements like, hey, I see that you're starting to shut down. You know, where are you at? What's going on? What did you hear? Like, how did this land on you? What's going on? And then either I can give him information, but if I don't have it because of the fog, I can say, I don't know. Yes, I'm feeling that. Let me take some time. You know, so these are why it's so important to know those core motivations because that's where we get activated. And then the outward behavior, how our personality responds, that's good to know too, but it's those core motivations that are so key to get to. And our book goes over the core motivations in the back of the book, which is so great is- Yeah, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew, I knew there- I I know the bubbles, I guess I would say, like the outlines of each number and what they're about, but I've never even thought to research the core motivations, but it makes so much sense in determining what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 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 like, for instance, for you, for your husband to realize as a type three, your mind, the hard wiring is always that you have to achieve more. And I tell people with threes, it's kind of like my husband's a place kicker and there's the saying, you're as good as your last kick. As a three, it's you're as good as your last accomplishment. So when you accomplish something, you, yes, check it off. Awesome. But then you instantly have to go to the next thing Mm -hmm. and the next thing. And it's exhausting. It's discontentment. At yeah, it's finest. Yes. Yeah. It is. And so he can now go, Oh, wow, that is what you struggle with. And how can he learn to come alongside you? Now, it might be where you guys have to sit down when you're at a good place in your relationship. And he were to say, Hey, I have really tried my best to love and to say things that would encourage you. But I realize I'm saying what I would want you to say to me, which is usually what we all do. We talk to another person as if they were our personality style. Yes. And it doesn't land on them right. Mm -hmm. So now we can ask clarifying questions and be curious and say, when you struggle as a mom, let's say something fell through, what is going on in your mind? And what would actually help you to one, rest in Christ again, but also feel encouraged or loved or seen or understood? And that's when you can speak into that. Of course, this is when we're all in a good place, not in a fight. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But those are what's going to be really helpful. In the back of our book, the part two, you'll see that it's all color coded and we have six pages on each type. And we go through all the different core motivations, um, levels of alignment, all these different things. But the last two pages is understanding them. So you would give this to your husband and say, here's two pages and understanding me how to relate to me. Mm. Could you please read this, you know, and vice versa. And those will be really powerful pages. Now, obviously your husband will will hopefully will read all of the pages about you. (laughs) Those two are specifically written for the spouse or the best friend or the coworker. And even though it's a marriage book, it's really actually a relationship book. And that back part is just gold for anyone Mm. in relationship with others. I love that. Dang, that's so cool. I just feel, one, I feel like I could have counseling sessions with you and it would be wonderful. (laughs) We could just sit down because it is, I mean, it's really interesting how the Enneagram, like we were talking about, how it kind of strips us naked. You know, it really allows people to see into the innermost areas of our lives. And I try to be really honest with mine, but it's really hard for me 
also, to be honest with mine, because ultimately it's like, because how I want to appear is I want people to know that I love people and I don't just love myself and my accomplishments, but when they read the three, it's like, oh, she's all about herself. But again, that is where growth comes in and sanctification comes in and knowing like, hey, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken and that's okay, but there's no condemnation in Christ Mm -hmm. and we can allow ourselves to move forward. But I love how you're talking about having those conversations with your spouse. And so Jesse is a five, my husband. And so he's literally, it feels like the opposite of me. He's very, he internalizes things a lot and I speak things out, but it has been so cool for us to work through the Enneagram together. And just to have the awareness of one another has already calmed things so much in our home. Mm -hmm. It has allowed the arguments to happen at times when they really need to happen. Like we both are able to step back and say, this is not the time. Whereas before I was like, no, I need to talk about this now. And I would pressure him, you know what I mean? To, yeah. to talk about those things. But for anyone who is considering this book, it is so important. Like scripture calls us to love one another mm-hmm. and love is not proud. Love is not self-seeking. And if we believe that, then that means we care about knowing what other people's needs are. Mm-hmm. We become servants of the Lord. And so in seeking out their Enneagram numbers, we have the ability to say, Say, you know, I'm going to take some time to understand you better. I'm not only going to use this to understand myself, which is a key component, but also to know deeply the people in my life and to have that compassion and that empathy and the sympathy that we need in order to be a support system for those people. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I would say is kind of going back to that infinity loop that's really important is. So often people will see that infinity loop and they hear the scenario of what we went through and they're like, Mm -hmm. so is there no way to stop that? You know, because it's an infinity Mm -hmm. loop and absolutely not true. There is hope and there is transformation. So what we want is actually we did. So the book really kind of helps you to understand communication, conflict, family of origin, how to become your best selves together. Um, But we actually made 45 online courses for all 45 couple types. And I walk you through your infinity loop for the two of you in communication, conflict, family of origin, becoming your best self, and giving you an overview of your two types. So for you as a type three, let's say you you have the kids and they're all in sports on the weekend. So you as a three, you've knocked out of the park, you have a spreadsheet and all the things that need to happen. And here's the plan. And you tell your husband he needs to do this, 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 and this. Well, as a type five, they don't want to be intruded on or obligations placed on them because they feel and fear that too much interaction will lead to catastrophic depletion. Think of them as having like a cell phone that only has 20 to 20% battery life, interactive battery life all day. And so if you come with a thousand plans for him that would require (laughs) 50% interactive battery life, he's going to be like, "Uh, no, I cannot do that. And you're like, wait, no, that's the plan. I have figured this plan out. And we literally put cameras in our house. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's creepy, isn't it? It's like, yeah, because we've never talked except for, this this time 45 minutes yeah so so what i do in that course is i really lay out what's being activated what's probably going to happen in a negative way but also where the hope of christ comes in so now that you understand your husband has so much interactive battery life in a day you can now have that conversation and say hey here's all that's going on over the weekend 
but I know that you get depleted really quickly and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that you're at your best, but we also accomplish what needs to be accomplished. So how can we help you to recharge, whether it's throughout the day, before the day, after the day, so that you're at your best, but we still get these things accomplished? Man, he would be like, are you for real? (laughs) You know, like, how how did you know? Yeah. (laughs) But but you're speaking his language. Right. And that's exactly how he has described it. So all of you listeners, Beth knows what she's talking about. It's so fascinating because he will, he'll come to me and just say, I reserved this 20% or 10% for my downtime. And if I ask him, Hey, could you help with the dishes? Even though he is a servant, he is the servant of servants. You just see the joy and energy drain from him because that yeah. 10% was reserved for something he enjoyed that day. Mm-hmm. And once there's another task given, it's like he loses himself. He's just gone. Yeah. And so I have learned like, hey, where is your energy level today? What have you, what do you have on your plate? What do you have on your mind? And what are your expectations for tonight? And that has actually really helped us in communicating. But again, I'm just, it's so cool to me because I know a lot of Christians, there actually are a lot of Christians who have commented on my stuff and said the Enneagram has these origins that are not Mm -hmm. biblical. And I think you can find non-biblical origins in every single thing that we celebrate and do for the most part. But it's just because it is not a Christian thing does not mean it cannot be used for the glory of Christ. Yeah. I mean, Myers-Briggs is not biblical. Strength Finders is not biblical, but it doesn't mean that they don't have really good insights. Um, And then also to recognize that, um, you know, even when the Egyptians, I mean, the Egyptians, when the Israelites left Egypt, the Egyptians were like literally giving them their gold, you Mm -hmm. know, and, you know, here they got gold from, from the Egyptians which was supposed to be very helpful and good, right? But it's yes. coming from outside of the Israelites coming in. But then the Israelites, this thing that God was giving them to have money and to grow as a nation, they then turned it into an idol. Right. But then God reversed it again, right? And used it for good. And Amen. so that's how we need. So when Jeff and I started using the Enneagram back when he was in seminary, every time we would think through a concept or something we were learning, we always brought it through the lens of a Christ-centered perspective of the Enneagram. And if it didn't fit theologically, we just don't use it. And so if you think of the teachers who um, really started more the modern day Enneagram, which people are the ones who are saying, oh, they're not Christians or not biblical, they're way off track. Well, think of them as teachers or professors who come up with um, a thought process, an idea. Their students build off of that, whether for good or not good, right? They all have different worldviews. We are taking the good aspects, the the things that give us insight, bringing it under the headship of Christ to glorify Him and to bless others, mm. nothing else. If this is about self-consumption, and doing it yourself or blaming others, it is not glorifying to God. Mm. Everything needs to point back to the gospel because think of the Enneagram as being an x-ray. It's going to expose, you know, what's not broken, what's what's good, mm-hmm. but also what's broken, but it cannot heal the patient. The same with the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a tool, a resource to expose, to clarify, to give insight, but it can't do the work. Only the gospel, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ is the only thing that can transform us. Mm, Yeah. 
Amen. I would love to just do a whole series on this one day. <laughs> that would just well, be so fun just for each number. But this really, it's really encouraging to me. And it's really encouraging to hear your biblical perspective on it because that's probably the number one comment I receive from people that is not positive is when I speak about the Enneagram. So that's a really good analogy in relation back to the Israelites. And so thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on. I'm so excited about your book, Becoming Us, and all of your resources. I will just say those courses are not easy to create. And so good for you as a nine (laughs) in your business (laughs) for doing so, because that's really admirable. Um, But just tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your book. Yeah, absolutely. So your Enneagram is a great place to take our free assessment. It's not definitive. It's a guiding post. Um, you want to find the type that has your core motivations. So you can go to your Enneagram forward slash core motivations and get a free download on all the core motivations for all nine types. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then we have a discovering new course that is an overview of the Enneagram, how to use it and an overview of all nine types. And when you take our assessment, you should be able to get a really nice coupon for that. Yeah. Um, or you can buy Becoming Us, which will go through the Enneagram as well. It will show you that like I said the back half of the book is going to be super important for your relationships. And then we just launched nine more books and their wow. gift book journals, uh, one for each type. And what's great about it is we're going to walk you, you got to know your type to get the right book, but we walk you through your type in 21 days, break it down into bite-sized lessons and have reflection questions. But the cool thing is, is that they're the same topics for each day for all nine types. Now it's obviously customized for that personality, but then you and your husband can go through it or you and your small group or you and your best friend or coworkers, um, your staff, these little books are going to be very powerful for people to understand their personality, how God created them to be from his perspective, how to grow in Christ, not to use it as a sword or a shield. So those are going to be really powerful as well. And then if they want to go deeper, like I said, when I put cameras in your house, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, the Becoming Us online course is at becomingus.com. We also have a free marriage assessment or a relationship assessment where you will see side by side how the two of you operate in so many different ways. So oh, I love that. Check all those resources out and just grow and enjoy Christ working in and through you. I love that. Thank you so much, Beth, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Hey guys, if you have been enjoying the Living Easy podcast, the most thoughtful thing that you can do is to share the love. If you're ever impacted or encouraged by an episode, simply take a quick screenshot and tag at Living Easy Podcast and share on Instagram or Facebook or simply text it to a friend or family member who may need to hear it. The more you share, the more of an opportunity we all have to bring hope and joy to the people around the world. So let's do it together. Thank you all so much for your support, and we'll talk to you next time.